I've begun a new ministry here at St. Nicholas that provides us with the opportunity to have all of these sermons archived and put onto not only the website, but more importantly onto Facebook. So I will post them every week, so those of us that are here are able to witness them again, and for those that are not, they're also able to go there and hear the Word of God as well. I wonder how many of us have ever eaten crackers along with our breakfast, bacon, and eggs. When I was in Israel a number of years ago during Pascha and Passover, I went to a hotel which offered lots of bread. A little cracker without salt, without yeast. Unleavened bread is bland and tasteless. So what is yeast? It is a kind of fungus used as an agent in baking and brewing, sometimes called leaven. It produces fermentation in dough. The result is when adding during baking bread, it results in an entire loaf of bread risen. The presence of yeast in the flour is alien, foreign to its natural constitution. The yeast is radically different from the flour itself. This presents a picture of what it is like when you and I receive Christ. The pure spirit of God comes from outside us to dwell within us. We who are depraved sinners, the Holy Spirit is not native to humankind. When the Spirit comes, He comes to convict us of sin and righteousness. We are given a new nature when we accept Christ. It comes from outside of us. The Holy Spirit is introduced to us to bring about a radical change, as with the yeast. Secondly, it is not only simply enough to put yeast into the flour and wait for something to happen, the yeast has to be applied. The application is known as kneading, whereby the process of the dough is pressed and stretched, ensuring the yeast touches every part of the flour. Just as yeast is applied, the Holy Spirit too must apply the gospel. We are agents of God's Holy Spirit. When we apply the Holy Spirit to our lives, we are kneading, stretching, pressing it, such that applying it in our daily lives and to the world around us brings about change and the presence of Christ. Learning a second language or foreign language is difficult for some people, especially if they are adults, especially if it is their first second language. Probably one of the more difficult tasks in learning a language is that the nouns but more importantly, the verbs. However, what would a language be with just nouns? It would be very bland, it would be dead, just as unleavened bread is with the absence of yeast. The nouns don't do anything, they are not active. For a language to become alive, it needs and demands verbs. Verbs make things happen. Christianity is like a language. Without the verbs, it is a dead faith. Jesus uses the word akmalufo, which means follow. Eighty times in the sacred gospels, akmalufo is the Greek word for worship, service, not simply to follow, but to offer our followership in worshiping God. Thus, one of the main ways we follow God is to worship Him in every facet of our lives, acting out our lives such that everything we do Everything we do is an act of worship in following Christ. 
God did not call what qualified, but rather he qualified the call. Choosing ordinary people like you and I, men and women, little boys and girls, to his modern day disciples. All the titles found in the New Testament for a person who has been made a personal commitment of faith to Jesus is followed by the term disciple. It is certainly the most common of all. It appears this word disciple 268 times. How many of us identify ourselves as disciples of Christ, of His church, and not mere members? Everyone, my beloved, has a call. Everyone has a vocation. And all vocations are religious. This does not mean that everyone is called to serve the church in a professional manner, to be a bishop, priest, deacon, monastic, or absolve a reader or church worker of any sort or another. Obviously not all are called to be specifically ecclesiastical ministries, but everyone is called to serve God and to fellow human beings in the form of life which God himself wills. This form of life is not necessarily a job or profession. For example, some people may be called to suffer on this earth and to bear the results of fallen humanity in the most violent manner, to be victimized by disease, or to have an ailment or a disability, an affliction. My niece in California, my brother's daughter, has Down syndrome. She is a gift of God to my brother and his lovely wife. She is no less the icon and image of God, and her, like us, have our afflictions. She has no less the ability to shine and be radiant and to be a follower of Christ and to lead us to Christ, maybe even more than we lead of Christ to others. This is their vocation. Through her individual suffering, she offers a witness and how she lives her life, how her parents guide and love her. And they are particularly blessed by God, loved by Christ, in His acceptance and fulfillment. In a word, there is a divine plan and purpose for all. Likewise, everyone has the same calling. In certain sense, every person has the same calling, which is to be a saint. We are all called to be saintly, to be holy as God is holy, to be perfect as our lovely Father in heaven is perfect, as quoted by Romans, Corinthians, Peter, and St. Matthew. Everyone has his or her unique calling. We are all uniformly called to be saints, but each person is called to do so in his or own particular unique way, as God has given us gifts. No two persons are the same. Each one of us is different. All are called to partake of God's being in life. All are called to love as he loves, to know as he loves, to serve as he serves, and to live as he lives. Each will do it to his own own ability and manner according to the concrete conditions and means that God provides. Some will sanctify their lives through marriage, others through being single. Some will do so in clerical orders, others as lay people, some through monasticism. Most will live in everyday secular world. People will work primarily in a physical way, others more intellectually. Some will become artists and scientists, business, industrialists, and professionals. Others may have no particular job or profession, and some may be called simply to suffer. 
while others in terms of this world will heartily suffer for all, or not at all. Some will have many temptations, will bear heavy burdens through their entire life because of the sins of the world and maybe their particular inheritance of a fallen humanity and distorted humanity. But through that brokenness, they have an opportunity to become saintly. And some may have to fight destructive memories, imaginations and passions, at times seeming impossible to bear. Others will be greatly blessed by receiving a highly purified humanity, which they will especially have to answer before God with, with their gifts. God for us, as Jesus taught, to whom much is given, of him much will be required. But each person will have his or her life to sanctify. Each will answer for what he or she has done. In the eyes of God, none is better than the other, none is higher or more glorified. Each must find his or her own way of followership, discipleship, and glorify God through that. This is all ultimately what matters. The will to find God's will is essential. That is our journey, my beloved. To find one's vocation demands that one really desires to do so. It sounds simple, and it is. But to quote the Lord once more, few there will be who find him, says the evangelist Matthew. The reason is that it takes courage, my beloved, to allow the Lord to speak, or rather to hear the Lord when he speaks, and subsequently to follow him. It is quite painful at times. Our will has to lead. Our egocentric desires have to be denied. Our ideas about ourselves and expectations have to be abandoned. Our personal plans and projects have to be discarded. Our agendas of actions have to be thrown away. We have to say to God, speak, my Lord. Your servant is ready to hear your voice, as did the mother of God. We have to respond to God, let it be to me according to your word. And we may have to mean those very words if we say them. If we do, we will find his will and his way. But if we fight this and keep craving for things that we want, we will become miserable and unhappy in this world. We will realize, as the song says, that we cannot get any satisfaction. But the heart of the human person is made for God. It is designed for God. It is calibrated for God. For truth, for love, for life itself, not for mere existence. It is inevitably unsatisfied, frustrated, confused, distressed, angered, bored, until it comes to rest. Our discipleship, my beloved enclosure, can be lived out in many ways. You may be a faithful disciple regardless of your discipleship or vocation. Jesus wants all of us to listen, not bargain or negotiate, but to listen. When Jesus calls, it is not because we are looking for him, it is because he has chosen us for the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and to worship him in everything we do. In essence, to identify ourselves not as members, but simply as disciples, one who are struggling to follow him, not merely members of the church who see it as a responsibility toward their faith, to a sacred calling and active presence of Christ in this world. May God grant you prayer to be followers and disciples of our Lord and God. God bless all of you, and I pray that God may bless and keep all of your families healthy and safe. Amen.
due to this during time of the pandemic, we will not be distributing the Andivalo in order to ensure your safety. God bless all of you, and I thank you again for wearing your masks, and we pray that I will deliver another email letting you know what the protocols will be for the forthcoming week for worship. We have set up a medical team, as well as the parish council members, to usher you throughout the entire church so that you will be made comfortable to come once again and worship with us. God love all of you and your families. The storm had been pursued.